Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Today is Wednesday, June the 9th, 2021, and we are continuing our study of the big book in the chapter, How It Works, on page 63, the third, the second paragraph. We were now at step three. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Kim T, 12 Traditions, Lindsay W, and readers of the text, Nancy C, Susan H, and Lisa H. The share ID for yesterday, Tuesday, June the 8th, the 7 a.m. meeting, 17101, and the 10 a.m. meeting, 17102. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions. And Kim T. will now read the 12 steps for us. Good morning, Kim. Good morning. This is Kim T. in Northern Michigan. Um, the 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask God to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or ourselves. 10. Continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me serve, and I pass. Thank you, Kim T. 
And Lindsay W. is going to read our 12 traditions. Good morning, Lindsay. Good morning, Lynn. This is Lindsay W., compulsive overeater in Houston, Texas. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Lindsay W. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we're continuing our study of the big book in the chapter, How It Works. We're on page 63, the second paragraph. We were now at step three. Nancy C., would you read for us, please? Good morning, Nancy. Thanks, Lynn. Good morning, everyone. Nancy C., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Ann Arbor, Michigan. We were now at step three. Many of us said to our maker as we understood him, God, I offer myself to thee, to build with me and do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self, that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power 
thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. We thought well before taking this step, making sure we were ready and that we could at last abandon ourselves utterly to him. Wow. Um, what a great paragraph to ask to take the lead on. Um, you know, this is the first action step that we have. Um, we've admitted we were powerless, which is an acceptance of that we're powerless over food and that our lives have become unmanageable. And we accepted the fact that we came to believe that a power greater than us could restore us to sanity. But now we're asked to do something. The rest of the steps are action steps. Um, and it is really important for me to understand that this is just a decision. I'm being asked, based on what I've been told so far um, in the chapters that preceded this, I'm just being asked to move forward, to make a decision to say, oh, my God, can, can this work for me? I mean, I was so downtrodden and so hopeless when I came into this program that I was willing to do anything. And this third step was the first one that said, just turn your life over to God. Just give it up. Just try it. And all I had to do was decide to do that. I could stop at any time. I mean, like I do my whole life. I don't like anything I can stop. You know, I'm learning a different way today. But um, based on what I knew so far in reading this text, I made the decision to try and have God remove me from being a self-reliant person to a God-reliant person. You know, it said in the previous paragraph, talking about a cornerstone, you know, that we talked about the architecture and how important it is. But really to have that firm foundation, this step is so critical to me. And I remember taking it um, with um, my sponsor. I was in the basement of my house, you know, during COVID, you can't see anybody. So I was in a quiet place in my house and my sponsor asked me to get on my knees and I was like, are you crazy? <laughs> the basement, I'm in the basement of my house. And I'll tell you what, the experience was transformational for me. And you know what? It doesn't matter where you take this step um, it, because it's between me and God. It's not between anyone else. But having somebody witness that was also very important. And I know that I take this step every day and every day I read this this, or I say this prayer, and I'm sure everyone does, but as I started to read it, I started to have my old upbringings of um, Catholicism and mouths and wills and shouts and bondage, and so the prayer became rote, or I started to feel that, and somebody suggested that I write the prayer in my own words, and so I'd like to take the rest of my time and just re read to you what I wrote that I think about every time I say this prayer. So it's in my heart, it's not in my head, and I feel it every day when I say to God, God, here I am. I want you to use me, shape me, mold me, turn me into whatever you need or want for me, for you and doing your plan. Take away my selfishness, my willfulness, my self-centered behavior, my playing you, my little plans and designs. And I seek to do what you ask of me, to be open, to hear your direction every day. Any obstacle, anything blocking me from you, life's moments, worldly clamors, as I work through them and accept them, um, 
Please help me to be open, to rise up and be present to others, always emanating your direction, your power. God, you can do anything. Your love. God, you love me and every person, every creature as a parent loves a child. And God, your way of life, loving tolerance for all is our new code. Help me to stay near you today and perform your work well. And I can't wait to hear whatever the people think of this um, prayer. And with that, I pass. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Nancy C. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared yesterday or the day before, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Marlon G. Nessa R. Reva P. Mati M. Yes. Okay, let me tell you who I heard, please, because I missed some people I know. I heard Harlan G, Nessa R. I believe it was Melissa <laughs> P, Reva P, Massey M, and Leah S. Did I miss anybody? Margaret Sorry, I didn't catch that. There were two names at once. Felicia S. Margaret okay, got Felicia. Margaret D. Okay, great. Thank you. That's our lineup. Harlan G, Nessa R, Melissa C, Reva P, Massey M, and Leah S are going to go on our first round, and Felicia and Margaret will head off our second. Good morning, Harlan. Harlan, please press one to unmute. Sorry about that. I was I was trying to get unmuted there. Lynn, thank you for your service. I'm Harlan G. I am a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, I have been, I was confused by this step at first. I didn't understand what I was doing, what I wasn't doing, and, and it was just very confusing for me. And someone much smarter than me explained it to me, and this is what they told me. I am not turning anything over to anybody in step three. I am just making a decision to do so. And in doing so, what I'm agreeing to here is I'm agreeing to turn my life, which is my action, and my will, which is my thinking, over to the care and direction of God. And how do I do that? I couldn't figure it out. I don't do it by uttering this prayer. I do it in doing 4 through 12 every day for the rest of my life. Does that mean I have to do a fourth step every day? No. In doing, if I want to, I can. But if I do 10, 11, and 12 every day for the rest of my life, I will be doing four through 12 every day for the rest of my life. And I looked at this prayer, and I had a lot of people that I sponsored struggle with this because it says, God, I offer myself to be, to build with me, and to do with me as thou wilt. What does that mean? 
it means higher power because a lot of people struggle with this idea of God. Now, I didn't, but a lot of people do. Higher power, I'm offering myself to your service. I already read about that in the pages before. Relieve me of the bondage of self. What is the bondage of self? Is my character defects. What are the manifestations of self? Fear, anger, selfishness, dishonesty. Those are the manifestations of self. It's not a 300 defect list of defects. It's just those defects that I may better do thy will. That sounds familiar. We're going to be offering ourselves to God to do that a lot. Take away my difficulties. Does that mean I won't have any more bills? Does that mean I'll win the lottery? No. What it means is take away my defects of character, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. In other words, let me be an example of what this recovery promises to the people around me so that instead of being a cautionary tale, I can wear my recovery like a loose garment. We thought well before taking this step, making sure we were ready, that we could at last abandon ourselves utterly to him. And what do I do to make that happen? Four through 12. Notice that there's no amen at the end of this prayer. The amen doesn't come in until the seventh step prayer. Because we're embarking on a several step process. This is not a one and done thing. So when I hear people say, oh, I did the one, two, three waltz. No, that's not true. If I'm doing three, I've got a notebook or I've got a, a, a paper and a pencil in my hand and I'm doing four. Because the entire gist of three is, God, I'm willing to do four through 12. So I can't just do three and turn back to one because that means I haven't really done three. Three is an agreement please, to turn my life and will over to God. Thanks, Lynn. Thanks. I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan G. Nessa R., it's your turn, followed by Melissa C. Good morning, Nessa. Please press star one, Nessa, you're muted. Okay, let's move on to Melissa C. We'll come back to Nessa. Good morning, Melissa. Hey, good morning, Lynn. Thank you so much for your service this morning. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and I live in New York. And, you know, I, I... well, I have to read this step, you know, this prayer every morning um, and sometimes all throughout the day. You know, and I look at, um, I look at back at, like, steps one and two, and that's, like, all about me. Like, step one and two, it's all, all me. It's my addiction, my insanity, my need to be rescued. And step three is it's almost like where um, we really get a, a indication of what it means to be altruistic because it's like I make a deal with God, you know, which is kind of funny, but it's where I get like a clear indication that my getting well, it's like an exchange of services, you know, where I like say, all right, I'm going to join your team, right? And basically I promise myself to God, to to God's overarching like goals, what, what God has in store is in mind. 
And I promise myself to God, I commit and decide that I'm going to work for him, right, his organization, his team, whatever it is, his pack. And and then I tell God that, um, you know, I'll just do whatever he tells me to do. And um, and then I get my needs taken care of, right? And it's not so it's just that I get my way or I get what I want, but so that my troubles will be getting taken away so that I can be more useful, then I could help more. And, you know, I find out, like, in this disease, this disease really thrives for me in isolation. It was all about, you know, my selfishness. It was all about me, all about what I needed, what I wanted. I was living outside of community, which was crazy because I lived in a big, loving family and felt disconnected and alone. And step three is like, it's really where I, I feel like I join, I join, you know, the human race. And, you know, it also, like, makes me think of, I was looking at the chapter of the family afterward and, and thinking about, like, what does this mean for me as, as a mother, as a daughter, as a sister, as a wife? And, you know, in that chapter it says um, that we scratched, a, you know, a limitless load which will pay dividends only if I mine it for the rest of my life and insist on giving away the entire product. And that's kind of what step three is for me. Like, there's a limitless load here if I, if I give it over to God, and then whatever I get in this limitless load, I pass it on to others. And, you know, and it it's, it's actually becomes effortless and, and joyful to do that part of it. Thanks. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. All right, let's try Nessa R. Nessa, are you able to unmute now? Hi, good morning. I'm so glad that that worked now. Um, This is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. You know, um, at the beginning of my tenure in OA, I've been in OA for, um, I guess, over 18 years. I've been recovered for over nine years by the grace of God through the 12 steps, worked in uh, um, entire abstinence. But at the beginning, um, I had I was so full of misconceptions about the steps. I mean, first of all, um, I only worked steps, sort of. I mean, I don't know if you could call it work, but work steps one, two, and three, a modicum of four, a modicum of nine. Um, and my misconceptions were in step one that as soon as I put down the food, that the pull of the food uh, would no longer be, be there. Um, the discomfort of being, quote-unquote, on a diet would no longer be there, that it wouldn't be an issue for me. The misconception that I had um, with regards to step two um, was that as soon as I said, okay, God, I believe you can restore me to sanity, that I would have a close relationship with God, that I would be able to surrender uh, and that doesn't happen in step two, it happens in step 11 after I removed the blockages. And my misconception with step three uh, revolved around this um, little phrase, take away my difficulties in the, in the prayer. You know, I thought that God was going to fix my life. And by my life, I meant my circumstances. Um, it took me a whole lot of suffering in the rooms because I never left. Uh, I never recovered in the first nine years, so I cannot say that I had a relapse because 
you can only relapse when you recover. Um, you know, um, a lot of stuff has taught me that I am my difficulties. My difficulties stem from my thoughts, my speech, and my action. You know, my thoughts drive everything. This is the perspective, the filters through which I put everything that happens to me and around me. And my perspective, uh, you know, was warped. And um, I thought I was a victim. I was right. I deserved, uh, you know, this shouldn't happen. It should be this way. How could this be God's will? And that was the nature of my difficulties. And so when I make a decision in step three, um, the decision I'm making is I'm going to do what is required of me to allow God to transform my thinking, which in turn will transform my speech and my actions. It will transform my feelings. I mean, too, like um, thoughts drive my feelings and my feelings drive my speech and my actions. So, you know, if I think poorly, I'm going to feel poorly and I'm going to act poorly and I'm going to have a horrible life. But if I think well, if I think properly, I'm going to feel well. I'm going to have a, thank you. I'm going to have a good life. Uh, And that's the difficulty that I have found um, God has relieved me from most of the time. Um, And I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. Reva P., it's your turn, followed by Massey M. Good morning, Reva. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, also in Toronto. Uh, Well, you know, there could be a whole special edition, and I'm sure there are on this uh, Step 3 and Step 3 prayer. But what I want to share on is the word bondage, and that reminds me of being a slave and being a prisoner. And by the time I get to this step, I realize that I was a prisoner, not just of the food, um, but of myself. Um, And when I first read this step, I too thought, when I said, take away my difficulties, I thought that meant take away the nasty boss, take away the financial problems, take away all my external circumstances that are a problem. Um, And then I have come to learn that this really means that my difficulties, as others have shared, arise out of self and my selfishness run riot. Um, And, you know, all the resentments, fears, and all that other stuff that comes out in the step four. Um, And if I am the problem, then at least there's hope that, you know, I can do something to um, alleviate those problems because I cannot control all those externals and I tried and tried and tried. But the bondage, being a slave and realize in abstinence with all my best thinking and efforts, I make a mess out of my life um, and I end up miserable and that is my difficulty. Um, The other thing that struck me is this business of abandoning myself utterly um, and again, this is only a decision to carry on with the rest of the steps, but you know, when I'm abandoning, that reminds me of that analogy people have used on the line, like the house is on fire, Reva's made a mess, I'm, I'm just like a tornado when I'm in self-will run riot, and if my house is on fire, I don't have to sit and debate this decision too long, I get out of the house, I abandon it. 
Um, and the other image somebody once shared with me was, you know, when somebody puts this like baby at a doorstep, when I abandon, I'm abandoning to this God that I understand as a loving God, that God's going to take care of me, that I don't know what it's going to look like, what's going to happen when I go on with the process of step four through 12, but I trust it's going to be better and God's going to do a way better job than me. Um, And I'm abandoning it to uh, something, some power that loves me and wants the best for me um, and has the ability to guide me to do a better job um, than I've been doing. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. Massey M., it's your turn, followed by Leah S. Please go ahead, Massey. Thank you. Um, my name is Mati M., and I'm my recovering compulsive overeater in Tucson, Arizona. And um, what I wanted to share is that I, at the conclusion of my prayer, my daily prayer and meditation um, session every morning, I say the um, this prayer, the third straight prayer, um, as a mindful, very slow dance. Um, and it's not that I'm dancing around, but with my body, I want to feel God's closeness and also surrender myself. So when I start saying the prayer, God, I offer myself to thee, to I raise my hands with my palms high to the heavens. And I say, you know, to build with me and to do with me as thou will. And I repeat, relieve me of the bondage of self. Relieve me of the bondage of self because I don't want any blockages. I don't want any blocks between me and God. And when I say take away my difficulties, is really putting things in God's hands. And even though throughout the day I may come back and, you know, take the things back in my hands, you know, there is, you know, the still small voice that says, hey, Mati, you know, you put them in my hands and now you took them back. You know, I got this. So for me, this prayer is not just in the morning, but to help me remind myself through the day that it's God's will, that it's not my will, that it's also about service to others. And um, so this prayer um, gives me a lot of peace. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Marty M. Leah F., it's your turn. Good morning, Leah. Good morning. Thank you so much, Lynn. Good morning, everybody. Uh, My name is Leah S., recovered and very grateful in Brooklyn, New York. The word that really stuck out for me is victory over them. Victory is when I feel it in my gut, when I really um, am faced with certain things that I used to do and that automatically came as a response, and I just stop. I stop, and I think, what is the victory over here? 
In the past, I used to pop something into my mouth, and now I no longer do. Now I ask for your guidance. And what do I do in this situation? That pause, that pause was never there because Leia knew everything and Leia did everything and automatically. And I knew better and I knew everything. And what is the victory? Not only am I not eating over it, but I'm actually feeling in my gut that this is the right thing to do. And that is, to me, that higher power. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Leah S. For those of us who might have come on the line a little bit later this morning, we are continuing our study of the big book and the chapter, How It Works. On page 63, the second paragraph, we were now at step three. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared yesterday or the day before, please step back and let others have their turn. And Felicia and Margaret D. are going to start us off for the second round. And please, say your name just once, as it does help me hear everybody. Who else would like to share? Melissa P. Amy G. Kim A. Okay, I've got Felicia, Margaret D., Melissa P., Kim A., and there was somebody with the last initial G. Was Amy G.? Amy? Great. Yeah. Okay, thanks. We've got our lineup. Felicia, please go ahead, followed by Margaret D. Good morning, Felicia. Good morning. <clears throat> Excuse me. Good morning. I'm Felicia, uh, a recovered compulsive overeater. Good morning, all. Um, and thank you all for your service, everyone on Team Wednesday, and everyone who shared so far. Um, you know, I had a sponsor in another fellowship early on tell me, because I was struggling, struggling even with making the decision because I had such anger and rage towards God and so much fear. I was like, I can't do this. I don't know how to do this. And she basically said I could turn my will and my life over to a chair and it would make better decisions than I did. And while that stung because I am oversensitive and, you know, I cried and how could you be mean? I am so grateful today that the sponsors in my life care more about saving my life than hurting my feelings. You know, they cared about whether I lived or died. And this is a life and death situation. And I thought I was an atheist when, when I got to my other fellowship. So by the time I came here, I had, I was able to make that decision where I struggled with, well, I already took a third step in another fellowship why do I have to make this decision again? I don't understand. Didn't I turn my will and my life over? You know, I've been sober for, you know, all these many years. Why can't I stay out of the food? And I heard something in vision and with my sponsor um, in OA that, 
changed my life and its credits don't transfer. Um, and I, and there were parts of my life that I wasn't willing to turn over in this third step. And it's a decision and it's, it's the key to doing the work. Um, Cause I'm going to now have to take a bunch of action and be fearless and thorough from the very start. And it really started for me, my journey into this freedom after so many years of feeling like a fraud because I was in another fellowship and I was sponsoring and I was doing all these things. Um, And then I was, you know, diving into the food and I was humiliated and full of shame. And, um, and I don't have to be that way today. And it all started from, from my journey with the willingness um, to be able to invite God into every area of my life and be willing to make that decision. I don't have to have all the answers in this step. As a matter of fact, I'm never going to have all the answers. But I'm willing to free fall and to allow, to have faith. You know, and the principle of this step is faith. And I have faith that God is, the God of my understanding is bigger than my disease. You know, and I'm I'm incredibly grateful for this program, this step, and this particular meeting. Thanks, I'll pass. Thank you, Felicia. Margaret D., it's your turn, followed by Melissa P. Please go ahead, Margaret. Thanks, Lynn. May I be heard? Yep. Oh, yahoo! Um, good morning, everybody. My name is Margaret D., and I am a recovered compulsive a uh, person, a recovered compulsive eater in Georgia. And um, for me, I, I mean, we've heard a lot about like the technical aspects of step three, about what it's, you know, what it means and what we're doing and blah, blah. And wait a minute, I don't mean to be disrespectful, et, et cetera. Um, for me, step three boils down to how, you know, I'm so excited. I can't even get the words out. It, that freedom of the bondage of self, it's just, I'm so elated. And the bondage of self specifically is the disease of self-deception. I can do it. I don't need God. Well, maybe I need God here. Okay. All right. But I don't need God there and I can do this and, and you know, I don't need to work the steps or let me try one more thing or whatever it is. And so in this instance, God is like an EpiPen and I just plunge it into my leg and it relieves me of that disease of self-deception because I've given it all to my higher power. Um, and I go from worry and remorse and all these other horrible things into, okay, God, what are we doing today? What you know, we're gonna go play, yay, woohoo! And um, so let's go do this thing. I, I'm excited. I look forward to the day. Um, it's just such a totally different way of living to be freed from, again, the bondage of self, 
for me shows up in, in two different ways. One, I truly think I'm God and that I can handle everything and anything. And um, the other one is a, a deeper level of self-deception where something goes wrong, it's my fault because I didn't handle it or what. And that is, that's just nothing but your, but my ego. So I am so grateful. I will be eternally grateful that I can take that EpiPen and again, just plunge it into my leg and be relieved of the bondage of self. And it's not difficult. It's not complicated. But it seems like all of us have to go through so much suffering before we can kind before we can understand it or or get it. And maybe that's just the way. Time, please, Margaret. You got it, Lynn. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you so much. Thank you. Melissa P., it's your turn, followed by Amy G. Please go ahead, Melissa. Good morning, Lynn. Thank you so much for your service. Good morning, everyone. My name is Melissa P., recovered compulsive overeater from Buffalo. Um, step three, man, like, this, it gets me going. Like, I'm gripping my steering wheel this morning, and I'll tell you why. Um, after high school, I did a program called AmeriCorps, and I was offered an opportunity to go on this ropes course out in Sandy, Oregon. And uh, when you weigh almost 400 pounds, that and ropes course doesn't really, like, go together in a sentence. Um, and the last stop on the course, was basically jumping out over the river ravine, thousands of feet below, just you and this rope swinging. And I watched all my thin teammates go, and they did it with grace. And I had to go. I had to complete the ropes course, and I'm reading the tags, making sure that it's not going to rip and I'm not going to die. You know, and I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, if this thing rips and whatever, like I'll be on the news, but I won't have to hear about it. And, uh, you know, program for me is the same thing. You know, this is step three, man. Like, I didn't have any control once I jumped off that platform. You know, I mean, control for me was a real big illusion. But, um, you know, it was me and the rope, the river below. And what happened after that, that was up to God. You know, and all I could do was my demonstration of will, demonstrating trust right? Not fighting what I'm strapped in with, letting go of the other things that I was holding on to that weren't serving me and just take it all in. What, it was such a beautiful sight, you know, and it was before the digital age, you know, so I have pictures of that event, but like how beautiful to just watch the river flow and watch life happen below me and around me. And there wasn't a damn thing that I was doing about it. You know, and, and step three, right, that's that's the sparkler at the beginning of the race. That, all right, I'm ready. Me and you, God, let's do this. Whatever my God looked like then, my God changes all the time. You know, because here I am. I'm going to show up, and I'm going to trust you that you're going to carry me 4 through 12 for the rest of my life. You know, and I got to let go of the things that don't serve me. I, I got to find out shortly thereafter how selfish I was and how self-seeking I was, and how dishonest I was, and how scared I was. You know, and just like that ropes course, I had to let go of those things, because they don't serve me, right? And that's 
you know, I'd be lying if I said that I was in, you know, a beautiful alignment every single day. I'm not, you know, but there's a process for that. Thank you. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's about the work, showing up, going through those steps, trusting that, you know, your higher power is going to put a sponsor in your life that's going to get you at like the tour guide needed up to 12, that you're going to have sponsees that teach you and fellows and programs and and life's still going to happen. That river's going to flow below me. But I don't have to be scared anymore. I, I don't have to hold on to things that I think I have control over because I don't. You know, I use my I will today to show up. Thank you so much, Lynn. So with that, I will pass. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you. Good morning, Amy G. It's your turn, followed by Kim A. Good morning, my name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Thank you so much for an awesome meeting and all those giving service. Just a great meeting. So for me, when we say read here, we thought well before taking before taking this step, making sure we were ready that we could at last abandon ourselves utterly to him. That sounds eerily familiar to me, you know, abandoning ourselves utterly. And it reminds me of what we just read on page 59. Half measures availed us nothing. We stood at the turning point. We asked his protection and care with complete abandon. And I think Bill chooses his words specific. You know, the reality is at step one, we stand at a turning point. I stood at a turning point of surrender. And now here I am at step three again, what I believe is another turning point, as others have talked about, of taking action. So one of surrender, one choosing to surrender, three choosing to take action, to embark upon the action steps. And that am I willing to do that? I may be powerless, but I'm not powerless to choose, to make a choice. So I'm going to choose to surrender. I'm going to choose to believe. And now I'm surrendering to the decision that I'm going to take action because without action, well, guess what? It talks about in this prayer. I'm in bondage. And notice it doesn't say bondage to alcohol. It says bondage of self because I'm coming to, coming to learn that the bondage is up to myself. And when I think of the word bondage, it's like, it's interesting because bondage, I think of someone else doing something to me, you know, someone enslaving me. But the reality is because of my character defects, because of my warped thinking, because of how I am selfish and self-will run riot, I am in bondage to myself. And if I continue to do that without action, without embarking on the rest of these steps, my admission of surrender, my believing in a higher power, none of that is anything unless I'm willing to take action. Faith without works instead, right? And if I don't take that action, I might as well put the handcuffs on myself, put, me, put myself in a jail cell, and throw away the key. Because that's what will happen when I run the show. Because I can't run the show anymore. I had to give it up. And the last thing I'll just say, too, I think there's two other really important words in this prayer about bearing witness. You know, it's asking God, I get on my knees every morning as well, and I say this prayer, and I'm asking God to build with me and do with me as he wilt, thy wilt, as higher power wilt. And I can tell you for sure, one of those things to me is to bear witness, which is to carry a message to the still suffering compulsive overeater. I take that very seriously. Part of my purpose, part of my joy, part of my love of being in this program is to be in a position where I'm recovered so that I can bear witness. I know without a shadow of a doubt, that's what my higher power wants for me. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Amy G. Kim A., it's your turn. Good morning, Kim. Good morning. This is Kim A. from New York. 
how much did I complicate steps one through three for years and years and years, taking a, such a long time to, like, ponder my powerlessness and what that meant and to try to figure out who my higher power was and what my higher power looked like and what my higher power could do and how do I pray and, you know, what does all this mean and, you know, step three, taking forever, you know, how do I do this? We're people that tend to want to complicate things, or at least I am, and it's not a program of figuring things out. And especially if we're newcomers and we come to this point, this is really confusing. But we don't really have to understand all this stuff. Step three, we know is a decision, but it's just this decision that's saying, like, am I, am I or am I not willing to continue to follow directions and work the rest of the steps? It's so much simpler than we make it. You know, step one, we pretty much admit that we're powerless before we even get here. Otherwise, we wouldn't make our way to OA, right? And the big book takes four whole chapters to really explain the problem to us, how our minds are unmanageable and they continually lead us back to taking that first bite, no matter how powerless we are. So because we're powerless, we need power. Step two, are we the most powerful beings on the planet? Or is it possible, are we willing to believe that something has more power than us? Yes, okay, on to step three. Am, our, am I or am I not willing to continue to work the steps and to follow the directions of my sponsor? Yes or no. That is it. And we have to have that faith and that hope that we get in step two when we see that our sponsor and other people are recovered, that's going to kind of, you know, take us through being willing to, even though we don't really understand what a lot of this stuff is saying, all we have to really see is that, it, you know, it's not even mentioning food. It's not saying that, you know, our fat is the root of our troubles. Sugar is the root of our troubles. No, it's explaining that our thinking and our attitudes are the problem, we're probably not going to understand it. But it's not a program of figuring things out or even needing to understand, which I know for me was really, really hard because I want to understand everything. You know, I want to know why I'm doing stuff. I want to know what comes next. I want to know how I can put my own spin on it. That's why for 18 years I was a chronic relapser because I made, like, a huge debacle out of everything. So finally I decided to just shut up Stop trying to figure it out and just do what my sponsor says. And it becomes really simple. And what we don't understand at this point, more will be revealed as we embark on those action steps. Because, like, as soon as we make that decision, we need to start step four. Because our minds are unmanageable. They will talk us right back into Fine, compulsive please, Kim. Thanks. So, um, yeah, I will end with that. This is Kim A. in New York. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you. We have time for one more share. Who would like that time? Darian K. Darian, please go ahead. Press star one to unmute, Darian.
Okay, we can't seem to hear from Darian. Is there anybody else who would like this spot, please? Susan H. Okay, Susan, please go ahead. Good morning. Uh, I'm Susan H. in Ohio. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Grateful to be here. Grateful to share this with with my fellows. Um, when I when I worked the step with my sponsor, when I, she told me to, you know, put it in my own words, but memorize it. I need this step every day. I need to recall my decision and turning things over every day. When I first did it, I may or may not fully understand the deepest meaning. But to let go absolutely and take the step when, when I decide I must surrender. And to me, that is trust in each thing that comes up, each situation, each calamity, each joy. And I can turn to my higher power in trust. His perfect timing will come, his perfect guidance. Do I trust it? I have to recall this prayer every day. Um... Because I'm human, and I will take back my will and uh, do things my way. I choose to rely on the infinite, and I trust as well. How can I be of service for today? And uh, this reminds me of what the 11th step suggests, that uh, we are now, yeah, that we remind ourselves many times each day in a nutshell, I am no longer running the show. Thy will, not mine, be done today. I have to remind myself because I'm a human. <laughs> and it's a wonderful life when I do turn to God in everything. So I will pass. Thank you, Susan H. Thank you to everyone who shared, and thank you to Team Wednesday. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for this morning, Wednesday, June the 9th, the 7 a.m. meeting is 17111. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Susan H., will you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, I will. Thank you. This is Susan H. in Ohio, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to us, to you, and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.